Welcome back to the JR Podcast. I'm Rainer. And I'm Jared. And today we're talking about space exploration, Tesla, and the exciting future of space. Oh my god, there's so many cool missions that are coming up this spring, this this December, and we just kind of like, we've, we've not really been talking about like space or um, any exciting news about space like over like the last four years, I feel like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really uh, want to learn more about it. You know, who's who's in the race right now? You know, mm-hmm. you hear about Jeff Bezos and his Blue Origins, and you got Elon Musk with SpaceX, and and it's just like it just feels like we're entering a new like um, frontier. For sure, with, absolutely. With space. I feel like space is oftentimes called the final frontier. <laughs> Um, but even even then, we know less about our ocean than we know about space. That that's right. Um, so take that into account. I personally have a huge interest in space. I'm not an aerospace engineer, and I don't I don't plan to work in space. But it's something that um, that would be something, an amazing career. It's something that I, that's always interests me, and I I really. Ever since I was a little, uh, a young child, I always um, liked to learn about stars and Science. planets. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, inter interplanetary physics. You space know, space is kind of like the science that captured like our imagination as kids. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's like you have like these nebulas and like um, the idea of like colonizing Mars, and it's just. I mean, it's every every time I look into the sky at night and see stars, I just, I mean, I I get so excited. I was walking over here and I was like, we put a man on the moon. And yeah, just, no, like, that, no, that, it hits me like blew, all the time. That just blew my mind. I was like, we put I know a man on the thing in the sky that I, know. I look at every night. You can like and see it, and that just blows my mind. It's, it like it really does because I saw this, I saw this little, it was like this silly little this little gif and I didn't this was when I was like younger and I didn't understand how like space travel works but they basically it was um it was an educational image and it was this little video on a loop and it showed this this rocket ship leaving earth and like I don't know how I thought space travel worked when I was a kid but you know it's like point A to point B right right yeah but you know evidently that's not how space travel works and so you have to you have to calculate how to get it first into orbit orbit and so it this little like video showed this rocket ship leaving and it's not like it's going straight to the moon it's like setting into orbit around the planet and then and then once like once the orbit of earth and the orbit of the moon are in the right position then you make this like this switch over from from the the earth's gravitational field over into the the moon's gravitation right field. it's not just like a straight line yeah, from can... earth's surface straight to the moon you're using fuel the entire time you're literally uh using the the gravitational slingshot of earth yes to use and that every energy everything has to be calculated down precisely because you might if you miss something off um a few hundred miles back this way you might end up a thousand miles in the other direction due to due to gravity and and planets and black holes and whatnot absolutely and i think like we have a couple of missions that we kind of looked up that we wanted to talk about in this podcast uh, one of the missions that's coming up in february kind of ties into this gravitational so nasa has is going to be in on in february they're going to launch 
Artemis 1. It's going to be the first, like, space rocket that we're going to send. We're going to send it to the moon and back in 42 days. And this is kind of like the benchmark, like, we're going to start, like, getting more better at sending spacecraft to, to the moon and back. Um, why 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 should we why should we worry about this jared well it's important because like the moon is the closest thing and so this is kind of like that's this should be our testing ground for like space travel can we like send stuff to the moon and back consistently mm-hmm. you know do we and i think that that's just gonna be the next once we get over that hurdle of like we can send stuff to the moon and back easily like we're actually mining the moon and stuff like that um that's just gonna lead to more like advanced technology to get to places like mars and mm-hmm. and and outside the galaxy perhaps i don't know um for sure definitely a lot of it you got to start somewhere you know you Good can't question. you can't just be like all right let's start let's try to send people to the to mars to colonize like hold on a second we last time like we we sent anyone was the moon Ugh. so right and i i do hear elon musk and the netherverse talking about Dropping nuclear bombs on the uh He said that? Oh yeah, yeah, but it was more of like a joke. It was like um talking about heating up Mars to make it sustainable oh. for life. And he said that there are uh, fast ways and that there are short ways. And a, a fast way to do this would be to drop thermonuclear explosives <laughs> on the poles of yeah. Mars to warm up the planet. That's exactly what I was thinking how to uh recall like how to bring a planet planet to life is bomb nuclear bomb the heck out of it yeah and wow okay but I don't, it is it is an interesting theory because you might it might yeah there's there's reason to believe that life would come about because of that and there's also a reason to believe that it might just completely destroy the planet entirely mm-hmm. um interesting thing that's kind of happened uh in you know i i, re- I love elon musk i, I look up to him um, he's kind of like the Tony Stark of this sure. generation, but he is, he's ignited the space industry again, because when he started SpaceX, he was, I think he was the only private space, uh, um, company, mm-hmm. uh, making rockets. And now all of a sudden, like you have Blue Origins is now popped up with Jeff Bezos and there's half a dozen now yeah. that, are, that are big in the industry. And frankly, the, the, the technology that these competitors have brought is stuff that humans haven't like we haven't seen technology like this in so long i mean when, the first time i saw a video of a rocket like landing back on ground on the ground to like be used again i mean that's 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 a good point yeah because a lot of the rockets that they send up there you know they get right. destroyed back in back in the 60s and 70s and 80s when nasa was sending people up there i mean they didn't people didn't know how to reuse rockets right how do you how do you send something out into space and then like bring it back i mean that's that's like a huge problem that they had and um i wonder if like the artemis i can't say the name because i want to say i want to say artemis like that greek like god or whatever artemis it's yeah it's pronounced artemis um but i wonder if the this is something that uh comes like it's sent up and then it comes back and then it's like fully usable again Artemis one, yeah. If yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure. It's. It, it says, looks like it. It looks like it's a 16-stop trip from the moon and back. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that they can like just calculate that and get that done. I think do you how legitimate do you think the idea of colonizing Mars one day is? Like I honestly. Mean, I mean, I have no idea. Uh people say that you can, people say that you can't. I think it's a little far fetched. It's pretty it's pretty crazy of an idea the idea that we can colonize a dead planet because there's nothing growing on that planet it's not like it's this perfect earth yeah it's not like it's in the goldilocks sound right so um can we i'm sure we can find a way but uh there's probably better uh planets out there better Um, planets better options yeah better options for like colonizing planets Hmm. i don't know could you here's a theoretical question is would you need to find a planet that is in the goldilocks zone or is it possible to move a planet that's 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 a crazy idea because because moving moving a planet like earth would be we couldn't do that earth is way too big but let's say you found a planet the size of pluto that had an atmosphere a planet the size of pluto you know but yeah pluto cuz pluto's a planet pluto well yeah pluto <laughs> dwarf planet yeah. <laughs> right let's say let's say you moved pluto into the into the same orbit as earth around the sun could launch a nuclear bomb at yeah pluto and <laughs> put it out of orbit i wonder if that would work yeah so another well i was going to talk so the other mission that i looked up that i thought was super cool so there is a proto there's a protocol that the united states government has put in place to uh detect at like asteroids that mm. are if the, like asteroids that could potentially hit earth 50 to 100 years in advance of it happening and they have they're setting up protocols and they're launching i think it's in um the spring they're gonna launch the spaceship at an incoming asteroid that poses no real threat to Earth. They're gonna launch it and they're gonna see if they can deflect this asteroid. Interesting. That's their With idea. A, and and interesting. And they're just and into spaceship. Is the spaceship yeah. supposed to like crash into it's it? It's just supposed to. They're just literally building something to crash into this asteroid that's coming at us right now that poses no real threat. But but they're like this is a legitimate threat to well, humankind. What is? I mean. If you think about it, if an asteroid was heading toward our planet right now, and it was big enough where, where, like, it, mass extinction would occur, I mean... Who knows, maybe this asteroid it does pose a real threat to Earth, and they're just, like, not telling us. And they're like, oh, we're just doing this test <laughs> to, to see if this works. Yeah, so and for if future it, and reference... It, and if it doesn't, it's not going to matter. It's, it's because... actually, actually going to wipe us all out right now. This is our last hope. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, it's it is a real it is a real threat. I mean, let's be honest. There are a lot of a- a- asteroids that enter in our atmosphere every day, but most of them. They are. say they have autonomous systems that can automatically calculate asteroids like far away. Oh, right really? Now. Somehow they have I they have something set up with a telescope to where it's like it detects an asteroid and then it does equations. You know that doesn't surprise me actually. I had a, one of my good friends his. There's a lot of connections here. My good friend's dad's friend, he worked in the military, and he worked at Area 51. And when you go and work, is in this a, a JR podcast exclusive? It's we there's yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> JR JR podcast exclusive. 
when you go work for Area 51, they make you sign an NDA. And it's something like 20 to 25 years after working. Oh, okay. You After working at Area 51, you, you cannot speak about anything that you've seen there for 20 to 25 years. Um, and then, you know, once that 25 years is up, sure, you yeah. Spill all the beans. You can if you want to. I, I, and it might be different now. This was back in... This was back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He said that back in the 70s, they had shit that was... They had technology in Area 51 that would blow the stuff that we have today out of the water. And he couldn't imagine what they have there now. Really? Did he say at all that this technology was not from our world? Uh, I don't think... He didn't say... Th- this is what my friend... I This is... This is what my friend told me, it, and he told my friend. That. So it's super secret, like advanced technology that they don't, they don't, they didn't want to release to the public. Yeah. Um, probably a fear of like other countries taking. Sure. It. I mean. Or any, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, other Yeah, but I mean, there just might not be. I mean, like, let's think about it. Like, what? Let's say, let's say the government finds a cure for cancer, and they've got it in Area 51, right? What's the, what's the benefit of like releasing that into the world? Yeah, you obviously save, you save a lot of lives. Yeah, lovely. Everybody loves that. Mm. The problem is, is that, that that's not how the government thinks. The government doesn't think about all the lives that are going to be saved by curing cancer. They're looking at all the money that they're going to lose by curing cancer. That's a crazy. Um... And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Why? Why Honda? Honda created an engine that hit 60 miles to a gallon. They're never going to sell it. It's illegal. That's true. It's that's... illegal to purchase and or import it into the U.S. That's kind of like a hidden secret of kind of like the manufacturing world or engineering world is that not all things are designed to be the best thing. Sometimes things are designed so that uh, it's better for the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everything. Your iPhone. Planned obsolescence. We talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, how many, and um, I know this is not space, but in mechanical design, we're learning about um, design factors, right? Which basically means how much stress a part can take before it breaks. And so you can say, okay, I've made this, I've made this, uh, I've made this shaft on a car, and it can, it can go through a million load cycles before it breaks. Um, you know, and that, so, and then you can assign that a, a design factor for a million, a million cycles, right? That's typically like one hmm. design factor of one. Um, but there's a lot of things that people build in which they break on purpose so that you have to go buy a new one. Um, and so the company makes more money. Right, yeah. So Apple, for example, they put out a phone every year, um, and every three years they start slowing their their chips down and their phones. And um, I mean, why do you think like every time they come out with a new iPhone, there's a different charging port? Yeah. Are they doing that for you know? They've been doing a- that for advanced technology. No, the- it's so people buy more of their they have to buy their chargers yeah it's just it's it's about money and that's and that's all and that's also a huge driving factor in the engineering world is that projects don't won't get greenlit unless you can prove 
that this idea this project is going to save money like if it's if it's if it's just gonna like let's say if it's just gonna like make things or make easier, more money right yeah you know? so um the a lot of these space space uh projects i think they are so cool i really yeah. do i think the fact that nasa put a man on the moon is some of the coolest things people have ever done but there's a lot of problems on earth that need to be solved mm -hmm. and um and so there's the a lot of these projects are these projects are really cool the artemis project is cool um me and jared earlier before we filmed we're talking about this uh all-electric plane that nasa that's, was building that's right yeah do you want to talk about that yeah it's um it's the the first like electrical electrically powered so there's no gas or it's just strictly like a lithium-ion battery that's powered um through the grid they just charge it up mm -hmm. and then they and then they fly this plane no greenhouse gases the, the actually the cost of the electricity is like much less okay like the fuel it's yeah. not um it's like significantly less than what it would be to fuel it with like uh fossil fuels interesting um and so they're testing this thing in the spring and it's a very small plane it's got like 14 propellers on it two big ones on the sides and then 12 little ones um i i mean it's cool i mean you're seeing we're starting all these companies are like declaring like we're gonna have only electrical vehicles mm -hmm. by 2030 or 2050 like we sure. are it we are it is inevitable that we are switching over to renewable energy you can feel it just like um, starting to take place now, this transition period. And so this is another example of uh, NASA's testing an electrically powered plane that can prove that you can fly it. Um, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it if it gets off the ground. It is a it is a funny looking plane, um, but cool nonetheless. Um, yeah, and and a lot of these projects do bring in a lot of money. They bring in a lot of money into the government, so the government can continue continue to do more projects um like these but sometimes i i wonder if being able to see a galaxy 300 million light years away is yeah. really the the things that we should be spending our money on i mean i i think yeah i think space time is some of the coolest stuff ever and galaxies excite the hell out of me but i mean when people can't feed themselves that's you know it's it's I don't like know. you can it's like scientists there's so many things that scientists want to be able to do and want to like find out um but who's going to pay for it in the end yeah so but we we really want to talk about there was another mission that we found was interesting um that's that's one of their popular missions right now it's called the James Webb Space Telescope which is basically they're going to fire this like telescope out into space and this telescope is going to have the magnification power to see other galaxies. Mm -hmm. And um, and basically the big big reason for all this is that they're going to be able to see what um, a galaxy looked like when it was starting to begin. Now, this, I, it's a crazy notion, the idea of a time machine that can see into the past, but look, hear me out. So this is this theory goes back to kind of Einstein with the idea of how light travels. You know the speed of light is very fast but you know galaxies are you know crazy far away and so um and i'm sure everyone's heard the notion of like the stars you see in the sky are all dead like 
Mm-hmm. They're 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 the light of stars from past right. that you're seeing. You know, they're all de- they're probably all dead by now. But the fact, but you can see them because uh, light's just trap light's just taking that long to get to you. Right. It's it's the whole idea of a light year, right? Yeah. It's like the the amount of time travel lights the light the speed of light travels in a year. So the speed of light is. Uh, 3.18 times. times 10 to the 8th 8th yes yeah meters per second meters per second and so however long it takes for that light particle moving at that speed to travel a year is a light year and so for example the sun is eight light minutes away so when you look into the sky and you see the sun you're actually viewing the sun eight minutes ago so if the sun were to explode right now, we really wouldn't know until eight minutes from now. That's true. So when you go and look at galaxies, millions and millions I mean, of light years away. I mean, you think about away, how close the sun is to the Earth. Think about how far galaxies are away right. from us. And you can see you can that galaxy has completely changed right now. It's not that same galaxy, but the light that we're seeing is from millions of years ago so they're going to take this telescope and they're going to look at all these different galaxies and they're going to be able to basically compare all right what's a galaxy look like when it's this young to maybe here's a galaxy when it's this old Mm -hmm. what's the youngest galaxy do we know how old our galaxy is Uh, i don't know off the top of my head but doesn't matter i'm gonna be dead before i mean mean, (laughs) um that'd be a good trivia question that would be a good trivia question i really like this idea because if NASA can look at the differences between young galaxies, middle galaxies, and older galaxies, and um, they even have that capability of seeing that far. Do you think that we are... Do you think that in our lifetime we're going to find life somewhere else? No, I don't think we're going to find that in our lifetime. That's such a, that's such a astronomical... That's such a... Wow an unbelievable task i hope so i don't think we will i mean look we it, especially in in terms of space i mean we put a man on the moon i think in the 60s it was six that was 60 years ago yeah. we have not been back to the moon since so i think it's going to take some time before space you know technology gets to where it needs to be mm-hmm. to where we can actually find one that's my that's my guess. Do you, do you think that we're gonna find somebody, or do you think somebody's gonna find us? I think someone's gonna find us. If I had to guess. Interesting. Yeah, so you I, think I, so you think that you I, think we're on the lower end of the food chain <laughs> in the universe? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'd agree with you. Yeah. There, actually. I mean, it's easy to say that because everything's all speculation. Right. We don't know. Right. You know? Right. But I hope. Because <laughs> that's the only way that I'll find out if there's any life out there is if some other species out there is more intelligent than me and can get to me first because I know that my species yeah. is not going to be yeah, the one to do it. Yeah, but doesn't that scare you at all? I Aren't mean, you? Wouldn't, wouldn't you be scared? What if, what if the... Uh, the scare, yeah, of the unknown? Yeah, of what, if, I'd be what if the... I mean, I, I feel like I... I feel like... I don't know. Do you believe you, in aliens? Of course I believe in aliens. Okay, yeah. cool. We're both on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't know how you couldn't believe in aliens. Yeah. And um, it's uh it's like the same it's it's uh you all you have to think about the space the same way. 
and it's I like to think of it as like an infinite playing field. Mm-hmm. And so if you have, if let's say you've, you got this infinite room, you got you got space. It's, it's expanding at, it's expanding infinitely. Whatever, I don't even know what the rate is. Right. Um, however, however fast light travels, that's how far, that's how big space is expanding, right? Um, so if space is always expanding, and there are so many galaxies, and there are so many planets in these galaxies and whatnot, you don't think that there are other star systems where there are other planets that happen to be right where the sweet spot is? I mean, how could it not be? I mean, just the sheer number of stars and planets, there has to be, there's got to be an abundance of life out there. There's no way you can convince me that there's not. And with this telescope, perhaps, Regardless of per, perhaps yeah. if we can see all these galaxies, we can start to like, like document their like, uh, you know, their their planetary makeup, and mm-hmm. we can start to develop probability equations. All right, this is how many, this is how many like, uh, galaxies have like, planets that are this far away. You know, what are the chances that the next galaxy is going to have it this far away? Mm-hmm. We can start to calculate probabilities to find out, you know, what are the chances of there being a planet that's exactly like ours away from uh, exact the exact distance away from the sun. The sun is the exact size of ours. We can start comparing all right, these stars. Even even bigger stars and further distances or smaller stars mm-hmm. and closer distances. Whatever it is, you there's no way that those planets don't exist. And I mean, we we've been around for uh, what? Half two thousand? No, oh, not it's been like, half it's a like million a blink years. Of, blink, of, blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, in Earth's like history. Earth's been around for thirteen point eight billion years or so, and humans have been around for a couple million, right? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Uh, I think that the like the like the saying is like if if evolution happened ten percent slower, we wouldn't have evolved at all. Right. And we would still be the little fish and the, the little tadpoles and the and the lakes and whatnot. Um, yeah. Which is like it, it is mind blowing. So, I mean, I just there's no way there's no way you could convince me not that there isn't isn't life out there. This is a little off topic, but like, have you ever read Moby Dick? I haven't. No, but I, I do know. I just finished it last night, so. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I can't wait to talk to Brevin because he's finished the book, but I have some, like, strong words about the oh, book because yeah. it took so long to develop, and the ending was anticlimactic. Um, oh. Just real quick, um, this is everybody for, on the podcast, too, but um, a little movie um, recommendation on space, if you haven't seen this movie, is Interstellar. Oh, my God. Um, many of you probably have, but if you haven't, this is a great movie. Um, it's a little bit long, but um, it's really well you put will, together. You will enjoy it. It's, it's a sensory, like, just yeah, the and music in it is beautiful. The, yes, the scenery, uh, music, and acting is all incredible. And it does have a little bit, a huge plot twist in the end that kind of blows <laughs> your mind. It does, so. yeah. If you're if you love sci-fi and you want to watch, like, a good movie. And you don't mind Matthew McConaughey. 
It's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't want to look at Matthew McConaughey for two hours? All right, all right, all right, Jared. All right. <laughs> um, Maybe we should do a movie podcast. That'd be, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, any last words, touching words? Last words. Uh, well, you know, um, I'm excited to learn more about space, you know, finding out that we're doing a bunch of cool stuff. Um, and who knows, maybe both of us will work for a space corporation one day. If that's truly what we, uh, want to do, but you know, uh, as always, thank you for listening to the JR podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Rainer. And we will see you again next time.